1: Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept
0: PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go!
1: Hello, Jay. Hello, Sophie. How is it to be back?
0: Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. It has taken a little bit of time <laughs> to
1: get back into the swing of things. We have had quite a week, haven't we? Yeah, you went to Fiji for a week, then I went to Fiji for a week, and then now this week we've both been back. We've seen each other three bloody times. And all day. could have been if, all day. Nothing times. makes me want to get back to Fiji like having to spend whole days with it's exhausting,
0: but we're here again together and we're all right. But I think what everyone wants to know is how
1: I am. No, I'm just kidding. How are you? How are you feeling? I am really good. I want to put a spark of hope out there for anyone who's in their first trimester. Obviously, we talk more about that, you know, in this week's episode, which is the part two of Nick and my like. Q&A about the first trimester, but I have been feeling really good. Having a break and a change of scenery was really, really nice. I felt like I... I just had been in the one spot for so long, literally my bed and the toilet bowl for four months. That it was really, really nice to have a change of scenery. It was really nice to reconnect with my kids again. And now I'm back, and I'm just, I'm just not taking my health for granted. I am really excited to just feel a bit like myself again. In saying that, I don't know that the second trimester energy has quite hit me (sighs) yet. I'm still sleeping about 12 hours a night and pretty tired all the time. Most mornings I still do have just a little spew. I'm still taking Zoffrin most days because if I don't, I still start vomiting. But just in comparison, I'm just feeling really good, feeling really grateful to be feeling better, feeling really grateful for this pregnancy and feeling like I can start bonding with this pregnancy now that I am not depressed. And have you felt any kicks? I have started feeling some kicks, some slight flutters. I feel like with each consecutive pregnancy, you kind of know what to look out yeah. for a bit more and you feel them. I mean, in my experience, start feeling them a little bit earlier. This is also the first pregnancy that I have not had an anterior uh placenta. placenta. So the placenta's not on the front of my uterus, which means that they do say you generally feel it a little bit earlier. Whereas, you know, the last two I felt it a little bit later because of the anterior placenta. But yeah, things are really good. I, I I'm 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 feeling excited now, which is a, a really Nice feeling. Well, I felt that I had flutters this week too, but it turns out it was just gastro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you? Are you sure it wasn't just your IBS having a little flare? I think it was. It was just going up, down and around, but we're okay now. We're here and chatting. <laughs> now, do you have any rude or fabulous? I do. We had one sent in this week that really made me laugh. So it goes. My daughter loves to put treasures inside her glittery seed handbag. Oh, I fear you on that gosh. one.. This day, though, she put something in it that was not hers to take. My beautiful two-year-old was busy making friends at the park, as she usually does, dressed as a bloody puffy fairy <laughs> unicorn with tulle and glitter galore. I saw her in a little huddle with little ones around her the same age. I thought nothing of it until one of the mums sheepishly walked over to me and said, I think your daughter has found your vibrator and brought it to the <laughs> park. My little girl had popped the lipstick vibrator in her bag from my bedside table and taken it to the park and showed her adoring peers. She thought it was lippy. I didn't even know what to say. I turned bright red, yanked the vibrator from my daughter's hand and told her we were going to get ice cream and chips and I may have never returned to that park ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty mortifying. Um, I have another mortifying
0: story that's not mine. It's my sister In laws? Oh, you're not going to keep it anonymous. I'm not. I'm sorry, Greta, Greta. under the
1: bus. Sorry, Greta, you are well
0: and truly under the bus. But she, she's on holidays right now, so she deserves it. Well, she's with two kids, so I don't know how (laughs) much she deserves it. Anyway, what happened to her after listening to the period episode? And can we just talk about the bonus episode? We're all in sync. Someone actually wrote into us and said that even though they didn't get their period, they accidentally cut their vulva and started bleeding for a few days.
1: Everyone has had something happen around this episode. So my sister-in-law... We've actually had people who, um, you know, if they're having trouble trying to conceive or they're having trouble going into labour, they've said, can you please put out this week (laughs) a conception episode or put out this week a going into labour episode so that you can, you know, help the rest of us out as well. So she
0: gets out of her car and takes her son into daycare and usually she sort of just walks in the door and goes bye Cav anyway this time she thought oh no I'm gonna be really good I'm gonna go all the way into the sandpit went to the sandpit sits down has a nice little play gets back in the car goes home sits in the toilet and what falls off her arm her arm her arm is a used pad from last night That was stuck to her puffy fucking jacket. She thinks that she has walked around the whole morning with a dirty old (laughs) pad used on her arm. Oh, my God. And I said to her... She was mortified. She couldn't. You would be. And she said. Like imagine
1: if it was on the back, like
0: anyone could, could see that. It could have that. been on the back. But I said to her, are you sure? Like in a situation, if it was a cafe, I guess some people wouldn't say something. But at a daycare, there are mums everywhere. I would go up to someone and say, hey.
1: You have a dirty pad on your arm. Yeah, but you're also someone that gets onto a podcast and admits they accidentally flung their dirty tampon (laughs) down a crack of a hotel. Like, I don't think we're the... Like we're would quite you not tell open. someone I would tell someone yeah. but I'm just saying that we're we're quite open to that type She's of also thing. thinking like did
0: Cav stick it on her back before they went Oh out? god like, that's cruel. Yeah but like she has no idea anyway she was just absolutely mortified and she really can't she's now on a holiday. She <laughs> she's she's left. Left.
1: she's left. Cav hasn't been back today no. because she actually didn't go back and pick him up. No. She just left him there. <laughs> she's <laughs> been there for 2 weeks. <laughs> anyway rude or fabulous I'm gonna have to say rude fabulous rude that no one told her actually that's a bit rude
0: mum hack that came in you can change the audio on Paw Patrol from US to UK to stop your kids from acquiring an American accent without reducing the amount of time they spend watching it great so they can have an American accent an Aussie accent, and an English
1: accent. (laughs) Well, I feel like if you mix it up enough, they won't stick to one. It's like if your kid's obsessed with Peppa Pig, maybe go in and see if you can change... The function to American. to American every so often just so that, you know, you don't give away how much screen time your kid's having by them putting on another accent. Wouldn't it be good to change it to the accent that you have?
0: So you could all change yeah, it to Yeah, but Australian. Australian would not be an option. Well, give me a pepper Pig impersonation in Australian.
1: Oi, Dad, you c***. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to the Daddy.
0: Peppa, you're being a little snotty bitch. Oh, no, that's English again. Peppa, you're being a little bitch. No, you can do better than that. Peppa, you little fuckwit, (laughs) get in the car.
1: (laughs) That's better.
0: Anyway, um, that's all that's from us. All.
1: We have a really good part two coming for your ears right now. We will say if you haven't listened to part one, definitely <laughs> start there because otherwise you're starting midway was a through really a conversation. Really Mum hack tip. of the week, go back and listen. It was two weeks ago. Listen to part one first because otherwise you're literally coming in halfway through a conversation Doesn't and it really probably make won't sense. make sense.
0: Enjoy. How did you know that you were ready for another hyperemesis pregnancy? I don't want
1: to miss months of my little one's life. I think if you've had a high-premises pregnancy before, I honestly think that is one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. When do you make that decision that you were going to throw, consciously throw this grenade on your <laughs> life again? And that was when we made the decision that, you know, after having Poppy, that we wanted to have another child and then, you know, ended up conceiving Goldie. I remember beforehand being like, I'm so. Anxious about this. And everyone would go, Oh, do you mean like going from one to two kids? Like how that transition's going to be? And I was like, No, it literally has nothing to do with having another child. It's being pregnant yeah. again. And I don't know how you ready yourself. I think you you know, this one was a surprise. So we didn't really get to put that many things in place beforehand. But, you know, there was a few weeks at the start that I felt quite well before my symptoms started. So I, I, I guess we kind of used that time to get ready. But I think you have to reflect back on the pregnancy before and go, OK, what did I learn from that? What could have helped me? You know, it can stretch as far as like, can you plan it in a way that you're partner can have time off work during that time. Like, do they have long service leave? Do they have annual leave? I know it's a very unsexy way to spend your annual leave, but is there a family member that can move in for a while? Is there, as, as we said, we got a cleaner every week. Is there someone that can help with the laundry? If your partner can't cook, is there some kind of meal service you can sign up for? Can you increase the days of daycare that your kids go? I mean, all of this is going to depend on your financial situation, but what are the areas that you found the hardest and what are things that you can instill to just take off those one percenters and I
0: think if you're in the trenches and your partner is working away or you are on your own and you've got other kids that you have to look after and it is just you then stations like when you have a time of the day and it's very rare when you have hyperemesis but usually for me it was at the time of night where I had this little burst of energy I'd set up station so I'd have like a few crackers beside my bed for the Mm. morning knowing that that will get me up then I would have a station like for the kids to know that they're going to be in a certain area while I can just be on the couch and I gave up of being mum of the year I just went I'm just going to sit on the couch but if I had these stations in place where I knew that Mm. even like I gag making a sandwich for them Mm. it was so gross but if I did it at night and put it in the fridge Mm. and went okay I can literally open that and then just hand it to them Mm. and then I wouldn't do any of the washing that would just be there because that's when Mm. you just give up but having those little tiny areas and Mm. little things that just get you by because it's not about being the best version of yourself for for however months I mean but sometimes it's months and months and months but the, the one thing I didn't do and the one thing that you just mentioned then is Get people on board. People really don't mind helping. Like, I know you love our work and you love, Mm. you know, being onto it, but I was more than happy to, you know, step up up a little bit more while you had to focus on yourself. And I feel like if people know that and love you enough to understand what you're going through, then you're always going to have that extra help. And gosh, you're never going to look back after your pregnancy and gone, Oh yeah. I wish I didn't ask
1: for so much help. Or
0: sitting there going, oh yeah, like I was really sick and like I
1: did it all on my own or I was yeah. you know had heaps of help woman. it's like yeah. uh, don't I be here I had someone write yeah. to me after the pregnancy diaries episode and they said they had really bad hyperemesis and their partner was commuting a really long way for work but he would come home each night and she said as much as it was grueling for him because he was working really long days and then commuting on top of that he would literally get home and he would have a bit of a list that he'd run through and it was like he'd do the lunch boxes for the next day oh, even God. if the kids were going to be at home or like you know prepare some food for yeah. the next day or just do those little things that just she could not physically do during the day and as much as you have to remind yourself that it's temporary you have to remind your partner that it's temporary and you have to step up and whatever you were doing yeah. before you just have to do yeah. more. And that's, it's a shame for everyone involved, but that's if just the guilty, reality of but it. But it is what it yeah. is. And Zofran,
0: and you've mentioned it before. Rest of it. Yeah. And also literally before you get to the lowest point, like I know we, with the hyperemesis, you sit there and you vomit and vomit and vomit. And then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I'm actually really fucked out. Like I can't move go into the hospital and get a drip. Like, it will hydrate you and no shit. Um, I had migraines. I had everything every time I did it. I did it three times in the last pregnancy. And I was like walking out there with a skip in my step. And like the next day I was, you know, going downhill again. But these are the things that are
1: what you need to include to get you through the month. My friend is in the early stages of setting up a like portable IV oh my company. Gosh, and I was like, oh, I fucking got trailers too quickly. I was literally like, I will wait to have this third pregnancy until you are all set up and the bloody sperm got through. (laughs) She's not ready yet, but I'm like, oh my god, that would be a dream if she could come to your house, give you some fluids. I'll let you know when it's all launched. But yeah, as you said, it's just letting go of all those expectations. The kids have had more iPad and screen time than they've ever had before. We'll start to wean that back now. You know, like, you just... I mean, I know we kind of started off as like how do you prepare before the pregnancy has even begun and now we've lapsed into the pregnancy itself. But another thing that we just had to do was, you know, Goldie had at the same time decided she's not napping. She had decided she doesn't sleep in a cot. So literally for the last few months I've been basically sleeping with Poppy Nick's basically been sleeping with Goldie because she was having more nighttime waking. This
2: wake- is a very loose term. As well. <laughs> <Just> lying <laughs> I mean, with, man next to her while she wakes up. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, and she's been on and off sick, and I didn't have it in me to do those nighttime wakings. So Nick has been doing it, and and sure, it's not the best that. I'm in a bed with Poppy, Nick's in a bed with Goldie. We don't sleep together. But did we have it in us at the time to make any changes? Absolutely not. And we'll deal with that when we feel ready to deal with that. But it's not like we were going to be getting hot and heavy if we were no. next to one another anyway. You can so always cuddle on we the couch. may as well have been sleeping. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. High five each other in the hallway. <laughs> How can
0: you get your partner to understand that you're struggling and hormonal and not just a raging
2: bitch? Oh, that's such a hard one because there's obviously there's so many different types of relationships, you know. I've seen Soph go through it twice and seen how hard it is for her, you know. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this one's the only one where I feel like I've hit my limit a few times where I was like, all right, I've, we're fucked, you know. Like what? <laughs> how are we going to find a new normal? And I feel like it's only like when I've been at that cook state where I've found like Soph's not that you're blaming her but it's like found her state irritable you know and it's like well, I felt like when we've been in those stages we're like something's got to change here mm-hmm. so I could understand where it would happen more where particularly if you're you know your partner is working more and you're pregnant and your partner feels like their work is really important because that's providing for the family and maybe maybe they're having a rough time at work as well so there's Just a lack of empathy there but yeah, it's such a hard one but just yeah, obviously communication and understanding. You know, I'm in a really cool phase where I have sold my businesses and I am able to be at home and really flexible but that also comes with its own challenges too because for Soph, it wasn't even that she really needed me there, it's just that she was so sick And then the kids are at daycare that I couldn't sort of just rub it back and make Mm. it feel better about life, you know. So in other ways, that's challenging too, because we're like in each other's space the whole time, but we're not like connecting, you know. Mm. So in terms of being empathetic, you do just have to describe how you're feeling. And if the other person is not a particularly emotive person, I think the more detail you can go through in that and also express that. Maybe they're having a rough time with it too, because the last thing you want is both people to be shutting down emotionally, and and going into that survival state. Because then things like resentment and things like that will creep in and and potentially grow to a point where it explodes at some point, you know. And I think for both the partner and the person going through hyperemesis, or or just even you know a normal pregnancy is tough as well, but. Yeah, articulating how you're feeling, but also acknowledging that it's probably tough for the other person yeah. as well is a really good grounds to have that conversation. Because yeah, I think from there you can then you can then both give a little bit, you know. That- and
1: I think there were, were some times where Nick was like I'm at my limit. I have to do something for me. Like whether that be, you know, going to boxing or, you know, and and he would kind of come to me with like a bit of a solution. Like if I went for a half day of fishing this day, can I get a babysitter? Or is there someone you can hang out with, even if it's like with their kids, but you've got some other company in case you like go down in a bad way? He came to me saying, I have to do something mm. outside of this home right now, but would this, this and this help? Like, you know, if I make sure there's food here or whatever. I love it because yeah. it's, instead of instead of literally instead of just, just boiling up. And and, and
0: this, this is what happens, especially when you have ch- children, you get into this real easy state of being spiteful. Like mm. you get into this headspace where you can be like, I can't do this or I can't do this and I can't do, do you like my analogy? It's like, yeah. <laughs> but like you do, you, it's tit for tat. Yeah. And I think that you saying, what can I do so I can go and do my thing? Because yeah. nine times out of 10, you're going to walk back in that door, refresh, rejuvenate it yeah. and go, all right, I'm going to give you my all because yeah. you're obviously at the point where you're like at the end of your tether. You can't keep going when no. you're literally at rock bottom. But it's
2: hard because the thought that you have is you're like, well, I can't go do this thing for myself because I'll feel guilty. And so, you know, can't go to the shops and get the food for the kids right now, or probably couldn't fathom putting the kids in the car to do this and that. So it's about like, if you don't have that conversation, where I was thinking about it, like, oh, how can we make this work, you know? And I sort of went to her, not saying like I'm definitely going or whatever, but you know, even example was like a mate was looking after his kids recently for um, roughly two weeks because his partner was going away, and they ended up teeing up the babysitter because he's a carpenter, and she ended up doing the pick up and drop off, and it was someone that they really trust and had a relationship with the kids. But if you sort of don't explore other options, it's really e- easy for both of you to take on the worst of it and never feel like you can ever... Do these things for yourself And but. I think
0: when you walk in the door as well You're always you, It's like two guns Like you're just trying yeah, It's a, yeah. a Mexican standoff You're just trying to like tell each other Who has had more of a fuck day Yeah And that's not really going to help anyone's situation Yeah Whereas all that person wants to do is be heard And yeah. all this person wants to do is be heard Yeah totally And sometimes It takes a lot of time Like sometimes we, we stop ourselves in our track Like I will say something to Harry And he'll be like He'll stop me and I'll go, okay, I'm so sorry. I actually I need to stop and think about how I just said that. And he, and then after me apologizing for me, like correcting myself, he's like, oh, That's totally fine. Yeah. And I'm like, God, that's so much easier than just going ham at each other. Yeah, but totally. it is, it's it's hard. Some people like you guys are really, I find that you're very good at communicating and you obviously, Nick, think. A lot about things and people before you act on it whereas yeah. a lot of other people it takes a lot of time and you know how you're raised and you know your
1: situations yeah, to even get sure. to that point 100%. and do people even want to get to that point and do I, they... I think it's a learnt and practiced skill yeah. because i am someone who would just avoid conversations for as long as physically possible until it came to a head and you had no mm. choice and then that's often not a good place to be having a conversation from whereas Nick's quite different. He's like not reactive at all and communication is everything. So I feel like in our relationship I've really had to learn that Mm. and you can. It just takes practice. And I think another thing that helped us during this phase and I, I think maybe it helped because it showed that I did have some empathy for Nick, even though I was obviously going through more of like a physically and mentally challenging time. But I wanted to, you know, like I wanted to make sure he knew that I didn't think his life was just going smooth sailing and that that I missed him and and that he was in my thoughts is that (laughs) like even though we couldn't be intimate and I didn't really have it in me to even hug or kiss (laughs) or anything. (laughs) (laughs) I said to him, I want you to know I miss you and I feel disconnected from you and I don't like the way that our relationship is right now. But I said, it's temporary and we're going to be back. And then you look back up at his eyes. (laughs) No,
2: No, it was very nice. It was very validating because there were some points where I was like, you're just not receiving anything. And it's like, I often feel like in those moments, that's when, you know, you feel like the kids are being the hardest as well. And then you've like unloaded and reloaded the dishwasher for the 17,000th time, but the house still feels a mess. And, you know, it's so easy to like have those snowballing thoughts where you feel like you're just getting the raw end of the deal. And it's such a good circuit breaker when it gets acknowledged because you're like, oh, even though so's having a really rough time. And, yeah, I remember she did that quite a few times and it really does mentally it sort of dissolve mm-hmm. some of that feeling that you're getting the raw end of the deal.
0: How do you cope with your changing body during pregnancy? Nick?
2: I <laughs> 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 you mean dad weight or no?
1: <laughs> I think this comes in like ebbs and flows for me. I find the first trimester quite hard because I – I'm eating shit and I try not to be hard on myself about that, but the food does not make you feel good. I couldn't move. There was like twice I went on a beach walk and then I was flat out for the rest of the day, Mm. could not do a thing. And that is a real change from my regular life and lifestyle. But also I wasn't really doing anything. I, I I feel like my body was kind of the last thing on my mind, to be honest. I, I didn't feel good in my body, but I didn't feel good in my mind. I didn't feel good in my life. I I didn't feel good in anything. So how do you feel now? My bump is getting a bit more to the stage of like, I feel like it looks like a bump. And, and I actually, I really love my body pregnant. Like once I have a bump, I feel really, you know, I'm someone who's always been flat chested and never quite looked like they really went through puberty. So I feel really womanly and and beautiful when I'm pregnant because I I, I have some boobs and I love when they go again. But, you know, <laughs> like I have boobs and I have a bump and I, I feel really confident in bathers and and, and stuff like that. So I quite, I quite like being pregnant once I'm, you know, kind of 16 or so yeah. weeks onwards. I think to, but the
2: thing that I've seen with you is like... I don't know if you've already said this on the podcast, but when you went to Pilates and you cried after because it felt so good. I think for a lot of like how you feel in your body, you know, you're going to F45 or like doing something every, you know, every other day at least or going for a walk or whatever. And I think – sometimes when that goes by the wayside it affects so many other things you know mm. so like for you mentally that was such an amazing experience moving your body that you then cried afterwards but then I also think that helps how you like feel in your body that helps how you feel mentally and it has like a Oh a, a totally effect, like you know? I'm
1: I'm back at Pilates now and as Nick said the first time I went back I literally cried because I was just like oh my gosh, that just felt so so good. good. And my body has not in the last week that I've been back changed in any way than it was from the week before. But my comfort in my body has changed tenfold because my mind has changed and my body can function in a way that I like it to function. It's easy to be down on your body when all you can do all day is move from the bed to the toilet bowl because you're like, you're not doing the things you're meant to be able to do. And you feel so sluggish. Yeah. Mm. I just felt like a potato. And One thing
2: we spoke about a fair bit in that time was like, so for wanting to do exercise and you're almost feeling like guilty about not being able to do anything. And we had that conversation about like giving yourself a break and it was like you talking to yourself as if it's like you are your inner child. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like the negative thoughts you might have is like, you know, oh, God, you're so lazy. You can't even go you know, to Pilates this morning and do like a pregnancy class and have those negative thoughts. Whereas you'd never say that to your kid, No, you know, you'd say, Hey, it's all right. Like, you know, you're not feeling well, you're having a rough day. How about we just put our feet up on the couch and have a cup of tea, you know? And like, we had a few conversations about that because Sophie's even like articulating like, I can't even do this. I can't even do that, you know? We're all guilty of it, but it's like, you know, you're basically telling yourself you're a piece of shit because you can't do the X, Y, and Z, but like, you'd never say that to your kids. So like, why do we say it to ourselves? You know, and I'm guilty of it too sometimes. And part of the things that I found really hard is when I was looking after kids, I was like, fuck, I can't even go for a run today. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. But it's like you never say that to your kids, so why do we say it to ourselves?
0: I find I do it regularly and I've now been able to realise when I do say it to myself. And I it's usually when there's a few things that are ticking over, I'm like, why am I attacking myself so much? And I do, yeah. I just literally hop in the shower and I, I can't recommend it enough. I just pop it on ice cold and I stand there for 30 seconds and it does whatever the self-regulation is, yeah. it... I don't know. It's, it's, it almost feels like you've gone for a run. It sets you up. It resets you. You can do it anytime, anywhere. You can do it when you're pregnant and And it jumps in the ice cold pool. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But like, usually like I don't have enough motivation to get to the pool or I don't have time to go and have an ice bath. But if I'm having a shower and I'm like still not focusing on positive thoughts, I flick it to the 30 seconds of ice cold and I get out and I'm like, I'm not freezing. I feel invigorated. And I'm like, I have literally shut that part of my brain up and I can move forward for the day. And it is, it's just a, a, a little hack that really, really helps when you can be in a really tough place. Mm. All right, Nicholas, next question. What were your sex expectations, and how did you handle them? Because most women have no
1: libido when pregnant.
2: Hmm, interesting.
1: We wouldn't know anything about that. I've been a raunchy devil. Not? Yeah. No,
2: I honestly feel like the idea of trying for a kid, I think it can be really beautiful, you know? So I do feel like I cheated myself. Of that time. If you hadn't
1: known, you really would have gone a little bit I would have milked it. Yeah. I, I'm very outcome driven as well. Like we've laughed about this before. I don't know if it's the Virgo in me or the type A personality in me. but what's I, the outcome? As in like if I'm trying for a baby. Yes. I like could go anytime, anywhere. Oh. Like, I'm really. Oh, we will have
2: another kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A
1: phantom um, to be yeah, kid. yeah. You know, where like, where it's <laughs> like in a regular month, like, yeah, I can get up and about about sex, but not in the same way as if we were trying. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's been, it's tough. I purposely haven't put any expectation on Sove because she's just had such a rough trot. But in terms of like, for me to feel balanced, it is an extremely high priority for the two of us. So yeah, I do feel like that's been a huge factor in me not feeling myself, but also just in terms of like us feeling connected, you know, there's no, it's not even necessarily always just the sex. It's like we used to kind of hang on the couch once we put the kids to bed and spend that time together and so, yeah, there's so many culmination of things. But, yeah, I definitely have purposefully not put an expectation on So in terms of saying, like, oh, you know, I need it or whatever. But, yeah, it definitely takes a mental toll in terms of, like, resisting that. And there's only so much Pornhub you can, um, <laughs> I
1: was going to say, so know, what have you been doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the
2: same. It's no. like, you know, yeah. But for, you do have for to for have this.
1: full transparency, we went from, so I found out I was pregnant at about four weeks. We did not have sex till I was like 13 weeks. Mm. Like we went nine we also weeks. also cried after that. Yeah. I, yeah. I <laughs> cried afterwards in happy tears. Yeah. I was because, like, if she
2: vomits after this, too, that's a first. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: no, I, no, it was actually really that's funny. A take on no, that. I hysterically laughed. And then I burst into tears and Nick was like, are you okay? And I was like, it was It was similar to how like after Pilates I started crying. It was such a relief to have done it and to have enjoyed it and to have felt good afterwards. Mm. And I just turned to Nick and I said, I am just so grateful that no pressure was ever, because if I had have had to think about that as a pressure on top of everything else, I would have been angry and not even that it's Nick's fault, but I just like that was so far down my list of things that were important, even though in our relationship, of course, it's important. And I just turned to him. I was crying because I was like, I am so grateful that like I have never felt like this is another thing I need to be worrying about during this stage. It's an important conversation to have. And
0: I think even when you have your child, it is a conversation to have because your sex life, I don't care what anyone says, it is going to change to some extent and there are going to be periods where you probably feel really good and then there's periods where your kids are sick and the last thing you want to do is both have sex or one of you is just not into it. So I think having the conversation of having strategies and things in place like if you weren't okay with porn and they wanted to have porn like that's a conversation that you're gonna have to have because yeah. if you can't I'm give, not
2: sure what you do I apparently there's nature
1: things that you can do Gosh. yeah nature that so it is important to have that conversation I think it's once again it's like I just made sure I said to Nick I appreciate the fact that there's been no pressure on this I'm well aware that it's been a yeah. very
2: long time. Yeah, it's good to acknowledge I
1: that miss sure. it too, but there is yeah. literally not one fibre in my body that wants to do that right yeah. now. You know, like, I just I was like, I'm aware that it's been a long time. Like, please just know I'm aware of that. It's almost like <laughs> but it's, it's like it's bridesmaids happening.
0: where she's <laughs> doing that thing where the dick's just like lying across her face <laughs> and you're just trying to slap it away. That no, is not would, something you partner to do. I very
1: much appreciated that there was no dick on face. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What did you eat on your worst days versus what you can actually eat now? First thing I do is wake up, have a Zoffer Wafer, mm-hmm. then Vegemite and butter on toast. Mm-hmm. I still have that now yeah. because just first thing in the morning is the sickest I feel. What else have I had? I've just had so noodles. much toast. You've had heaps of Two-minute noodles. noodles, schnitzels, a lot of rice, yeah. plain I'd say this pasta. time around,
2: you've, you've, your appetite hasn't been – like you haven't eaten as much. Whereas I feel like with poppy, you were more yeah. interested in – like certain foods would help you feel better. Whereas this time around, I feel like you'd often just like eat and then throw up.
1: Yeah, and there's been a lot of periods yeah. where I'm like, I just cannot eat.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Any cravings coming? I, I've yeah. never really in any of my pregnancies had cravings as such. It's more just been things I can yeah. and can't tolerate or things I feel like. I've been able to drink coffee this time, yeah. which is the first. One thing I found that like, I don't know, it just made me feel like I was getting some form of greens in. There's like a sandwich shop near our house and so many days in a row I got a takeaway yeah, sandwich that had like smoked chicken in it, um, cheese, it actually had, has some celery in it and like some lettuce and then I, I had it, it toasted it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it. and it tasted like a toasty but I still felt like there was some kind of goodness it in is. it. Another thing I've really liked and that has made me feel not too shit afterwards is having rice and then having some kind of protein, whether it literally just be like roast chook from Woolies yeah. or like cut up schnitzel in it or just like some cut up sausage or something and then really crispy iceberg lettuce and really chunky cucumber in it because I love just eating cucumber because I feel dehydrated the whole time while I'm pregnant and it has like no real flavor and it's just crunchy and good but then in the same breath I've eaten all the kids snacks like rice wheels, messy monkeys, monkeys, the snack can you please tell me why that cheese doesn't have to be refrigerated but don't <laughs> think about it for too long? The snack, so good. Or any of those packets of, like, cheese and Bicky. Basically anything that I don't have to prepare that's yeah, plain. Oh, totally. Anything that you can think that your toddler would request for dinner, that's basically what I want.
2: Yeah, you've often <laughs> just eaten what the girls have.
1: Yeah. Did you ever
0: fight through hyperemesis because you resented your husband?
1: I'm sure there were at times feelings of resentment. We definitely had disagreements, but I think that was more based on our lack of connection and mm. both of us just feeling lonely. But I feel like, as we've said before, like we tried to go into it with as much empathy that I wasn't loving life. Nick wasn't loving life. and No <laughs> one was thriving during that time. And I guess we just tried to talk about it before it got to a place of resentment. I guess the most resentment I probably felt was when Nick went away on like a four day hunting trip. And that was only because I just felt so sick. Um, One
2: coming up too. <laughs> I'm not getting anywhere. Um, anyway, yeah. So, you know, Quite out
1: there. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just tried to arm myself with as much help as possible so that i didn't get those feelings of blame because it wasn't his fault that i was feeling that way i knew how important that trip was i wanted him to go i didn't want to stop him from going yeah did you feel any resentment
2: i'd say like combination more so like particularly on that trip it's like you do feel a bit guilty going because you know like you're potentially leaving a bit of a shit show behind but then also knowing that at those times that's exactly what you need you know and giving yourself that allowance to actually enjoy it and fill your cup up because if you do feel guilty the whole time you're there it's sort of a double negative for both of you you're leaving your misses in the shit and then you're going there and doing that and feeling guilty the whole time so you do have to allow yourself to enjoy it but you know this time around I was very clear I'm like we're gonna leave early I'll be home for bedtime on that last day and and we sort of had that convo about it but yeah I'd say I definitely you guys know what I'm like and that I think about things a lot and that if any of those feelings of resentment popped up, I do have enough like emotional intelligence to sort of let that thought go, you know. And I do say that mine are probably more around like the sexual side of things and and things that I feel like I need, but also you sort of just have to let go of them because of the state of where things are at. Whereas I feel like in the maybe the first time around with Poppy, I feel like it was harder then because the expectation of your freedom and what you can and can't do with your time is maybe a tougher pill to swallow the first time around. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time around, I'm like, oh, I'm – and so it's probably less reactive with asking for those things too. So if I say, hey, I'm pretty keen to go like fishing on Wednesday, she knows it's like a conversation now. It's not like, Are you fucking kidding me? You know, like mm-hmm. – so, um, yeah, I'd say like that because we've sort of been through this – there's a lot more conversation both ways and that for me if if I do feel like something's popping up in terms of resentment, I have enough emotional intelligence to question why. I'm feeling that way about that particular thing, and mm. you're like, "Do I need to talk to Sophie about it, or is it just because like I'm not getting any, and you know I feel like a kid and want to stand my feet on the ground because I'm like getting my rocks off." <laughs> and I know? think it's
1: also having those thoughts as well. Like I could very easily have gone, "Why should Nick be able to go for a run when I can't go for a run?" Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like
2: both like, okay, <laughs> no,
1: no. but it's like but it's like both of us not running isn't going to help the way I feel or help the way Nick felt so he kind of came at it and I respected it he came at it from a position of like say it was on a Saturday if I was to go for a run today what time do you think it would inconvenience you the least so if it's like you know when the girls are having quiet time anyway or is there a time of the day that I tend to be vomiting the the least at or need to be yeah. in bed the least at and stuff like that so yeah. it's like okay well we're both getting something out of it or like what way can you be set up if I go yeah. for a, a good fish? example
2: was on the other Saturday when I knew that the, there was going to be really good surf and there was obviously it's weather dependent and Saturday is probably not an ideal day to go like 10 days out I was like just so you know <laughs> yeah. there's this day and I'd love to be able to go with no time frames to be home because it's like you know it's just good to be able to be out there and just in fully enjoy it you know like whereas sometimes it's like oh I'll quickly go and do this and then you've got to be back and you're not really fully going but for me knowing that I've got that ahead of me 10 days out <laughs> I'm just so much Poor more guy. willing yeah. to like
0: Got something to look forward to.
2: Got something to look forward to, and just you feel like you're in less of a shit show because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna have this whole day on the jet ski surfing, and it's gonna be so fun, and and just like looking forward to that, it's like you almost have more energy throughout the week to to deal with whatever pops up.
0: And what did you find were the most helpful things that you could do for Soph to make her feel better?
2: Every day was different, but like I was, you know, cleaning out the house, doing the dishes, and taking the kids to daycare and picking them up when when she you know when she wasn't up for it. But yeah, also just being there as like a sounding board for when, when she did go into hospital and need the drip, she felt like, you know, she was inconveniencing the hospital mm. by going in and just giving her that encouragement that it is what she needs, you know? And like that day I had plans as well, but I just canceled them and went and picked her up and took her in and, and did that. So yeah, just trying to be as available as, as I can in terms of helping her out, but you know, that also walked in quite quickly too because it was such a number of weeks where that led to me feeling super cooked Mm. because I was like, you know, hoping that it might just be like, you know, a couple of weeks or something and and you're working at a rate that's like unsustainable. It
1: pretty quickly got to the point where it was like Nick was either going to look after the kids or look after me. And it's like that, I'd say that's been the biggest difference with this pregnancy is it's kind of been like, he doesn't have the time in a day or the energy to care for all of us. So it was kind of like I had to be on my own, which is fine, and Nick would look after the kids. Yeah. And whereas, you know, when, when not, we were pregnant with Poppy and it was just the two of us, in any spare time he had, he could make sure that I was okay yeah. and rub yeah, my like, back and hold yeah. my hair back. Put and dinner on, go for yeah. a surf in
2: the Arvo, like yeah. go into work, come home early, you know, like it was a,
1: bit more freedom. a lot more
2: freedom. Yeah. But um the one cool thing that I felt like we got to this point where I was feeling pretty cooked and I said to Soph, please just like when you're feeling okay during the day, can you just like do a few things, you know, whether it's putting the washing on while you're feeling all right or like doing the dishwasher while you're feeling all right. Because I did feel like I got to the point where I was just like dreading nighttime because I was like, I've got to put the kids to bed. Then I've got to go back downstairs and clean up the shit show that's downstairs. You know, like yeah. you just feel like you're – always thinking about what's ahead of you and that's what starts creating anxiety and I felt like for me when when that was compounding was when I spoke to Sophie, and I just said "All right, I kind of feel like I'm getting to the end of my tether here <laughs> you know and so say say for example like your question before maybe that's when like you know feelings of resentment could have popped up and I could have really gone into that but mm. instead I was like I'm just feeling this because I'm feeling cooked and I, I feel like I'm sinking, you know. So I said to Soph, when you're feeling good during the day, can you just, you know. Even if it's just one task. Yeah, just cleaning up downstairs and put all their toys away. Just one yeah. thing that helped that makes it feel like we're a family unit, you know, looking after everyone together, mm. you know. And that helped heaps. Mm. I made that about myself in the end. <laughs> How can Standard. I help me? <laughs>
0: Standard. So,
1: do you get insanely jealous seeing other women swim through pregnancy? Well, you'll be able to answer this one as well, but I don't think so because there's been a few people who, you know, have, have maybe listened to the pregnancy diaries thing or, or seen me in not a, a good state and they've gone, oh, sorry, like, you know, I know you don't want to hear this, but like, I've never had those issues with pregnancy. And I've turned to them and I've said, you feeling shit doesn't make me feel any better. No. You know, it, it's it's kind of like what I was saying again with like if both of us don't get to do something for ourselves, it's not making me feel any better. And I think that everyone has their part somewhere in the parenthood journey where they thrive mm-hmm. and other parts where they find it really difficult. So I've just looked at it the way of like, of course when I'm in it, I would much rather be a pregnancy unicorn who glides mm. through it.
2: Who gets but, extra horny during pregnancy. Yeah, 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 who's, ju- yeah. who's just <laughs> like an absolute. I don't know where they are. Yeah. There are. There's a couple. Yeah. Um, you can't pre-screen for they that, unfortunately. Would you yeah. trade me in? <laughs> no. I'm <mean>, for- <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Whereas, you know, like I've been someone who has had really great, uncomplicated births or like relatively straightforward newborn periods or or, or never really had major issues with breastfeeding. So I just look at it at that point where I'm like, yeah, pregnancy is not for me. But I really love this other part. Like I remember I got really I did get jealous the first time I was pregnant and I had another friend who was pregnant and she said to me, honestly, if I hadn't had an ultrasound, I wouldn't even know I was pregnant. And I remember thinking, how are you not aware in every part of your body as your head is in the toilet again that you are pregnant every fucking second of every day? But then she went on to get really bad pregnancy swelling and so she, she had to steal it. her mum's Haviana yeah. thongs. You know, like She's everyone not, has their shit. It's not easy like for anyone, no, no one swims through every part of it. Yeah. And that's not to say I want someone to suffer at some point, but like you're going to have the parts that you're better at than others. And I think there's there's a difference between
0: being jealous of someone and being envious. Like I, I'm i not a jealous person, but I envy people. So when people are pregnant and they're flourishing,
1: yeah.
0: good on you. Yeah. Like
1: I'm stoked. Maybe I don't come you and, and go, gloat to me about it because no, I might bite your head gloat, off. Don't <laughs> gloat.
0: Don't be that person that gloats. But, you know, like So you freaking should like Mm. at least someone's actually feeling good and you're right there are going to be times where you're probably going to struggle in other areas and it is what it is and Mm. that is
1: motherhood Mm. so it's tough. What model of care have you chosen? So we are going with the same private obstetrician that we've had the last two times. Why have you not chosen Dr Timmy? A few people did send in asking if it was Dr. Timmy, and I have a few reasons why. <laughs> Do tell. Number one, both of my children so far have come out of my vagina. Yes. And Dr. Timmy is my dad. Yes. So that's enough to be said. Number two, if something were to ever go wrong, which there is a chance of in childbirth and pregnancy, hmm. How does my dad go on knowing that he was caring for his child and his grandchild at that time? Mm. Number three, my dad lives in a different state (laughs) to me. I birthed Goldie in an hour and a half. (laughs) I don't think there's enough time for him to be here yes. and he has a, a, a busy enough practice that he does not have to be interstate for, what, the four weeks before and potentially two weeks after my due date, <laughs> twiddling his thumbs waiting for me to, to go into labour. Number four, so, your <laughs>
2: husband, not care.
1: <kidding. laughs> <laughs> not <kidding>. oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. um, So many reasons I'm not seeing my dad. I have had a really great relationship with my obstetrician through the last two pregnancies and am seeing him again. We have been in a position where we can afford to go private and have enjoyed our experiences both times. So that's. I'm the, looking
2: forward to the little holidays. Yeah, so we're yeah. so excited yeah. for the
1: few days afterwards in hospital. That's so good. While my mum has the kids, um, and you take all those days. Don't nah. go. Oh no, let's nah. go home. You take all. No, those we, so. we will not be coming home early. I don't this think time. any
0: after, with your third. I don't think people are going. You're, no, you're going to have to be, be told. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like,
1: um, guys, you've been here for three weeks now, <laughs> and like, there's nothing wrong with you or yeah. your baby. I think it's time to go home. Do you think you're going to have an induction again? Uh, I discussed this with my obstetrician the other day. So I have been induced twice before. One of them was because I had this condition called PUPS rash when I was pregnant with Poppy, Sounds which cute. Got, oh, There's nothing I'm cute not about it at yet, all, it, yeah, which is an extremely itchy rash that you get. And most of the time it can only be like cured by having your baby. I got it at about 36 weeks. And by 38 weeks, I was begging my obstetrician to induce me because I mentally was not okay. I had not slept in two weeks. I was probably as... Is it like your whole body's itchy? It started from like my belly button out. So it was mainly Like, think about yourself at 36 weeks pregnant. I gave birth to Poppy in February, so it is stinking hot. You're 36 weeks pregnant and you have a rash that extends from under your tits down into your vagina. Itchy. Itchy as all hell. Worse at night because you have no distractions and there's nothing Like I would lather myself in calamine lotion and then you know how it dries hard. I would put so much on that I would feel like I couldn't breathe once it it had dried. And then as soon as it's dried, it like no longer, like I was getting up three or four times a night to have cold showers to ease it like oh, I, wow. was just, no, I was just i was probably i was probably as mentally low as i was in the mm. first trimester of this pregnancy mm. i was a shell for so good i reason. i begged him to be induced and then for goldie i got induced because he was going away when I was due and I ended up getting induced at 39 weeks because I just really wanted him to be there. I felt safe with him there. I'd had a really positive induction the first time. So I had no qualms in getting induced again. I told him this time that I would, you know, all going well, I would like to experience what going into spontaneous labor is like this time. So that's the plan. But That is a flexible plan based on how things go. I feel like this time, though, even if he were to go away, I feel really secure, I don't know, in my ability to give birth that I would probably... Still just wait. But, yeah, that's the plan. And do you think you're going to have your kids at the birth? A few people ask this, but I think you can only do that if you're having a home birth, right? I have no idea. I don't think you can take your kids into hospital.
2: I I don't think so. I just don't.
1: I I would love for Poppy to be there. I think she would love it. but (sighs) It's pretty pretty hectic. I mean I've only yeah. experienced it as the birthing person so you're yeah. the one who's sober on the other but side of the watching thing it's it almost like
2: yeah I don't know because yeah
0: your focus changes though I've actually watched someone on Instagram home yeah. birth and all their family and children were around and I was crying by the end of it it was like, yeah. it felt like I, I mean I there. obviously
1: if I made that decision so much education would then yeah. go it. like I yeah. wouldn't just be like oh no you're not going to daycare today yeah. you're coming to watch mummy give birth like yeah,
2: I feel like you need it a certain Maybe you don't But I would say You need a certain level Of emotional maturity So that it's not That you're In pain mm. You know what I mean And like yeah, Obviously the other ones Are quite straightforward But they were short But very intense mm. As well Whereas the first one It's like It seems like you're dying mm. You know <laughs> Yeah Which
1: Oh yes, I but do. I um yeah. I've shown Poppy a lot of Goldie's birth on video, and she now has complete understanding that like it's very normal for babies to come out and have blood on them mm. and have yeah. you know other things on them, and it's it's normal for mummy to look like she's in pain and mm. da 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 da. So I think no, I don't I don't think they need to be there for hours, but I will definitely show them both the video mm. if they're mm. keen. It would be to interesting see. just
2: to look into it because yeah, like I
1: like, don't think you can take them to the hospital, though. Yeah,
2: right.
1: And my mum... Like you would, we would need another person yeah. there to obviously yeah. watch them and my mum has no interest in seeing me give yeah. birth, so she would not be putting her hand up and I don't really know who else I'd ask, yeah. so no. What's your plan for recording with Jade? Will you
0: have maternity leave? No, I will be there as soon as she gives birth with a podcast
2: mic. <laughs> live, t- live TikTok. Yeah, live TikTok yeah. and we will be going
0: live and she will just be high as a kite, maybe, maybe yeah. not, on What is it? Oxytocin. Oxytocin. I think it's oxycontin.
1: I don't think so. Whatever. We haven't fully discussed what the maternity leave arrangements are. We often take about a month off over Christmas. So because I'm due at the end of January, that may just like roll into when I have the baby. But. I'm such a chronic oversharer. You know, as soon as that thing's out of me, I'm gonna wanna be sharing. I'm not gonna make a drive to my house. I will literally come (laughs) to her house and make it super easy. You can even stay in bed. We'll just pop a mic there. But maybe throughout next year, we might have a couple more like two-week breaks. Because we've only had one break this year, and I do feel like Maybe we could slot in a couple more I breaks. We could. I feel like in those 100%. newborn days, though, I'll be like wanting to talk all about it and then I'll hit the four month mark and I'll be like, I yep. need a Six fucking month break. break. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Do you feel ready for a third baby? I feel like we're only now reaching the phase that I am even conscious of the fact that this ends in a baby. Um, Quite a lot of people wrote in saying like, what do you think you're going to do differently in the postpartum period this time? And I feel like I've really only reached the stage that I can mentally think about that as the next stage. So Yeah, I feel ready for it. I know that it's going to be a juggle. I know that as we've said, it's going to be a new normal. I I found the biggest change from one to two was definitely, I feel like your life has changed already in every aspect that it continues to change in, but it was the juggle that we've really had to consciously sort out. So I'm very aware that once we have this next baby, it's going to be like, another level of consciously going okay where's the time for me where's the time for you where's the time for family time where's the where's, time? <laughs> where's the fucking time and i and i get that I've been thinking about the postpartum period and I'm thinking that maybe we'll look into something like a postpartum doula or something like that because I feel like this first trimester showed me that Nick looking after the kids on his own day in, day out is like hands full and there's not a lot of time for caring for me, which is fine. Like, we're all human, there's only so many hours in the day with many, many tasks to get done. So I have been reflecting on that and going, well, in the newborn days, if those kids are going to be mainly Nick's responsibility, then maybe we will have to implement some more things so that there's care for me too. Like I've just fucking Mm. given birth to a baby. I think I'll ask my mum to stick around for longer than she did last time.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like I think I'm always really interested in like each week being somewhat sustainable in terms of the way it rolls. And I think you can only spend so long out of balance to a certain point. So I think this time around and we've spoken about it is like just making sure that we're open to help and whatever that looks like because I think even if you can just – yeah. Just accepting help and working out what it's kind of help we actually need. Because you know that we're in a good financial position where we where we can enlist help if if it needs to be a paid service or whatever. But I think having gone through it with the other two kids, you know that there's that first six months is is like can be quite difficult, you know? And it's often that like you take that challenge on and then you get to six months and you've just used every little bit of energy you've ever used and then you're like, I'm so cooked." But this time around, I'd like to get ahead of the game and accept help for that first six months, whatever that means.
1: Whether and- that be that the girls add in an extra day of daycare, even if it's only for the first few months or, yeah. or whatever that looks like or if we... I don't know, have a rolling babysitter who's just booked in one night every fortnight so that Nick and I can have time to go do something and like maybe take the baby so you with have a us, or, in, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've always wanted a postpartum door, so I if know. we
0: can mm-hmm. kind of just make that happen, yeah. So can,
2: day, can you enlighten me what that is?
0: Oh my god, Nick, it's like someone that comes home with you postpartum that genuinely looks after the mother. So yeah. you've got, say, Soph's mum looking after the other two kids, yeah. and even when you know the new baby is there and needs to be handed around. The postpartum doula is happy to do that, but her primary care is the mum. So feeding, rest, mental health, physical, like I'm going to take the baby while you go have a shower. I'm going to take the baby while you have a nap. Do you want to have one-on-one time with your other two girls? Let's make that happen. I get goosebumps every time I think about it yeah. because if is I th- had? no, I, oh, and I, right. I I had postnatal depression. Yeah, I had my help helpful. left three yeah. days after because I asked for them to come well advanced and then they yeah. couldn't stay. So I think that you don't need your help at the end of pregnancy. Get your help after birth Sorry. if you can get a postpartum doula. If you are having a baby shower, if you're doing anything, if your expense is going to go anywhere. Put emphasis
2: on.
1: I also a think doula. that in the
2: slide into the DMs.
1: Oh, slide, slide on doors. <laughs> I already jokingly said to Charlotte, "What's her extra costs in yeah, flying, flying her up her here?" And... But I think also in the past, because Nick is so into cooking, people have never felt the need to really bring us food. And maybe this time, I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe we will say, maybe we will take a meal train this time. Oh, it just
2: depends. I don't know. Like, yeah.
1: But, yeah, we'll feel it out as no, it comes. Cooked but tuna salmon in my no.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, Nick's scared. No. Them. Yeah, he's he like, no. oh, no, that's all I like, hey, man, It's right. <laughs> no. Cancel the meal train. <laughs> yeah. Someone made tuna bake. Cancel the meal <laughs> <Yeah>. train. <laughs> What's wrong
0: with tuna bake? Nick just can't do cooked tuna. Oh. Fitness issue.
2: Cat
0: food. And the last and final question, you've told us everything
1: so far, what is the baby's name? We don't know. This is the first first time time we can't agree on one. I have this thing where because we have Poppy and Goldie, I don't know if we can have another baby with an eat name. I just worry it all sounds a little bit too, like, cheery. (gasps) Byron in the fields in our linen whereas Nick's favorite name and I do love the name it is an e name so I'm trying to come up with other names that are just like one syllable or whatever but we just haven't agreed on one yet
2: yeah I don't think we need to either like it's I feel like it's so nice to have a few and then as you're coming in closer you can
1: you know. Yeah, we had like like Poppy was the top runner when we had her. Goldie was the top runner when we had her. But, not but we had yeah later in the piece. Yeah, like Goldie, in the yeah. piece um, but we always went into the births with three names, yeah. and then like just make sure once they're born. I mean, people are like you got to make sure they fit the name. I'm like they come out <laughs> like a smudge. I don't get anything <laughs> like like they, they do. They don't, no, yeah, yeah, like but still, I do think you need to go like oh yeah, that feels and feel sounds it. good. Yeah. So. Also, slip into the DMs with some girl names. We might have to do a big list. We'll have it. We'll see. We'll see what everyone thinks. Oh, actually, a couple of people wrote in and said, "Now that you're done and you're definitely not having any boys, what were your top boy names?"
2: We always found it really hard. We found boys' boys names names. so hard. Did
1: you find boys' names? Oh, you knew what you were having each time. Yeah, but I still had lists. Yeah.
2: My favorite boy name for this pregnancy was Sandy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we love Sandy. We love Rue. I love Rafa. Raphael. Oh, we always yeah. loved Rafa too. I love Rocco. Frank was one for Frank, a while. Frank, yeah. Freddie. Well, you don't yeah. have to worry about that anymore, no. you? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Feel free. We, you can't tell
2: me to put that much don't thought into that. Yeah. <laughs> Take <laughs> them nice.
1: and run. Yes. Yes. Please, yes. someone else use them because we will not be. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you, Legends, for coming on coming on for coming on and opening up a little bit about your life i hope this helps some of our listeners they absolutely loved your pregnancy diaries so this is for you and if you didn't like it good on ya (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please subscribe and give us a
1: review if you didn't good on ya